Hello and welcome to the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists news podcast for May 2023. I'm Vicky Harris and I'm here with Derek Munn, the Director of Policy and Public Affairs at the RCSLT. And we're here to chat about key issues relating to speech and language therapy that are happening right now. Good morning, Derek. Hello. So it's Dementia Action Week in the UK at the moment. And I wonder, Derek, if you could just talk listeners through what role do speech and language therapists play in dementia diagnosis and care, please? Thank you. Thanks, Vicky. Listeners will no doubt be aware that I'm not myself a speech and language therapist. Um, So this is a a layperson's take. But I know for me, the work we've done over many years around dementia, that speech and language therapy has a role the whole way from, from early language changes, which can assist with early detection and diagnosis, to the journey that enables people to retain as much communication with loved ones for as much as possible, to the challenges around swallowing end of life. So speech and language therapy has a increasing and under-recognised role at every stage of the dementia journey. That's really interesting, thank you. So with all, all that importance around uh, speech and language therapy and dementia, I wonder if you can tell me how the, and the listeners, how the RCSLT is marking uh, the Dementia Action Week next week, please. The, the main thing we're doing uh, this year is a, a dementia takeover on the Northern Ireland feed. So um, if you don't follow RCSLT Northern Ireland on Twitter, I recommend you do. It's a good account. And there'll be a, a dementia takeover next week is our particular contribution. I think it's worth pointing out that our new chief executive, Steve Jameson, is, uh, has expertise in this area. He is himself a trustee of Dementia UK, and in that capacity, he will be um, also supporting. And it's as with all of these things, I mean, May has a lot of awareness, weeks and days and months, which is great. It was uh, end-of-life awareness last week, mental health awareness. There were a number of others during the month of May. We want to mark and support those. What we don't want to do is be jumping on a bandwagon and going, look at us, you know. So with Dementia Action Week, it's about saying, this is a good initiative. And by the way, here are the ways in which speech and language therapists can help. Brilliant. Thank you. And what are the big areas of focus right now for for you and your team? Well, first of all, Vicky, I want to follow up what I've said in recent months around the vacancy survey and everything to do with workforce, because we don't underestimate for a moment the challenge that remains for members dealing with high levels of vacancies, dealing with ongoing issues of workforce planning and supply. We continue to hear just how tough it is out there. In respect of NHS England's workforce plan, The last we heard was that it was coming in the spring, which I guess takes us to June the 20th. Now somebody from NHS England was on the radio last week saying before the parliamentary summer recess, which takes us into late July. So we, who knows, we are still waiting, but we know that that is the the first backdrop. And really, if it continues to fall back, it's going to take us closer and closer to the general election. On the election, We are continuing to make our approaches to political parties. Interestingly, we've had some traction with both the Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats off the back of our prescribing campaign, which we're doing with other AH professions. And it looks like 
the Conservatives and the Lib Dems are getting communications and email from people around the prescribing rights work and now want to talk to us. And that would be incredibly helpful in the context of forthcoming manifestos. Other things which are continuing from previous podcasts, um, intermediate care, primary care, first contact practitioners, positioning the profession in that area continues to be an area of focus where we're, we're having some traction. Uh, again, I mean, everything's connected to integrated care systems, but linked also to ICSs. And actually, I, I'd say in that um, connection, I had an interesting meeting with colleagues working in cleft lip and palate around the devolution down from NHS England to ICSs of specialised commissioning. And that's something which continues to, to, to happen for a range of areas. The new acronym, LSEC, uh, the Early Language Speech Support, which was announced in the, around the budget as part of the Send Reform package. You may recall that the government is talking about nine pathfinders across England around this early language working together between health and education, which is what's good about it. We're now talking to officials in both the DfE and NHS England about how we make that real. So that's some of the continuing business. A couple of new things. Uh, in England, updated healthcare standards for children in secure settings have come out. And we've managed to secure a greater emphasis on listening to and working with children collaboratively and the communication aspects of that. At Westminster, we were able to submit evidence to the Education Committee inquiry into school absence, and this used evidence put together by our colleagues in Wales about the the many correlations, at least, between pupils who are likely to have persistent school absence and prevalence of speech, language and communication. New clinical guidelines for stroke, which came out just after the last podcast. So we all know the challenges around SNAP and where the SLT profession features in the data. The sixth edition of the National Clinical Guideline for Stroke includes a number of calls that we've made about dosage, about how much speech and language therapy you need post-stroke for communication as well as swallowing. But we've welcomed that and said, look, it's great that you say this is what's needed, but unless you have the staffing in place to deliver it, it's not going to happen. Finally, a couple of things from the RCSRT side. Our survey on disability in the workplace continues. This is reaching out to speech and language therapists who themselves identify as disabled. And we have had hundreds of responses, uh, and it's going to be extremely interesting working through them. Uh, we, it's open until the end of May. And lastly, I just wanted to say that the honours and awards for this year have now been launched. So the honours where people are in, in the profession and outside are, on an honorary basis are recognised for outstanding achievement in relation to speech and language therapy, but also the Giving Voice Awards, which can cover anything around campaigning, influencing, service user engagement, a, a wider range of things that can be recognised in the Giving Voice Awards. So thank you for that, Derek. That's a really useful um, sort of insight into what's going on. And I will make sure that things that you referenced are in the show notes.
Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. So let's zoom out a bit now. I wonder if you could paint a picture of what's going on around the UK and the four nations in relation to speech and language therapy, please. Paint a picture is uh, that, that's ambitious. I'll, I'll mention a few things. Uh, starting in Wales, where things are politically calmer, although Plaid Cymru have had their own challenges in the last couple of weeks. I mentioned last time very helpful report from the Welsh Parliament, the Senate, on youth justice. We're approaching the deadline now for the Welsh Government to respond to that, so we're hoping that there'll be something positive to be said. Of course, Welsh Government has the same financial challenges as elsewhere in the UK, and that relates to, to the urgent work we need to do now on student numbers in Wales to give reality, really. It's great that Wales is creating more AHP posts, but unless we can get more students coming through, then there aren't going to be able to take those jobs. There's an immediate challenge in making sure that the current students in Wales get posts as well. And there's work around neonatal. Scotland continues to be in political turmoil. Uh, and the outgoing Children's Commissioner in Scotland has launched really quite a personal attack on Nicola Sturgeon, saying that she failed as First Minister in doing what she said she would do for children in Scotland. So that's um, raised some eyebrows. On the good side in Scotland, we do have some new senior children's roles across Scotland, which are just being advertised. And you know, we, we played a big part in making that happen. Northern Ireland, the lack of a government means that there are severe budget cuts. It's really problematic. It means that the increase we had in student numbers last year is unlikely to be maintained. There's been a big news story this week about the um, reduction in nursing student numbers in Northern Ireland, and we think AHPs are going to be similarly affected. We're waiting for confirmation. Wider cuts in Northern Ireland too, including particularly support things around children with school context. So the situation in Northern Ireland continues to be fairly grim. Great, thank you. We're developing a suite of resources for support workers uh, who work in speech and language therapy, um, including a professional development framework, uh, a toolkit and a podcast which explains how all these things fit together. And that's due out in June, so do keep an eye out for these. And Derek, I wonder if you had anything to add about the importance of support workers, please. Not so much about the content of the support worker framework, although I'm delighted to see it come out, but just that it links into the ongoing understanding that, of course, the RCSLT is the professional body for speech and language therapists, but we welcome assistance into membership. We've been delighted to spend so much time working on apprenticeships in England, which will benefit so many assistants, we hope, and that this is the latest part of saying assistants are not HCPC registered practitioners, but you are absolutely part of what makes speech and language therapy work, and we're delighted to to provide support. Wonderful. Thank you. That's been a really interesting walkthrough of what's going on, so thank you. Um, I should also say that that's not the only thing that's coming out. We've just launched a new mini-series of training videos, which is part of our outcomes programme work, and this is called Making Data Count. So as the name suggests, it's all about data. So there are six videos that are about the value of analysing the routinely collected data that you have and what that can do for your service. And you can understand how to design basic analysis. 
So this will benefit SLTs who are looking to get to grips with how they can utilize the data that they've been collecting already. But these videos are open to non-members too. So, um, and they're very easy to follow uh, and uh, sort of bite-sized pieces of advice. It also, if you're an RCSLT member who uses our RCSLT online outcome tool or ROOT, you'll see the relationship between those videos and the, the, the work you're doing in ROOT. And I will put links to the, all of these things in the, in the show notes. Our next catch up for the news with Derek will be in mid-June. And also look out for our third podcast in our anti-racism and speech and language therapy mini-series, which will be due out by the first week of June. And as always, you can listen to it on your favourite podcast app or access it at www.soundcloud.com slash RCSLT. So look forward to seeing you again next month. <laughs>